Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Two Twins in a Mic. This is episode three. Your host, Sam and Eli, here again. So we did listen to the other podcast, episode two, and we noticed a few interesting things, myself specifically, that we use the term like a lot as a filler word. And I'm sure it might have kind of got to a few people. But this is the beauty of podcasting, guys. You know, you have that advantage of hearing yourself speak and you get to kind of critique your own um, way of speaking and communicating. And over time, my assumption is you, a person will get better in the way they're able to articulate themselves, in the way they're able to kind of have a conversation. So apologies in advance if you did pick up on the fact that we do use the filler word like a lot. And we did watch a lot of American TV growing up. So we, we tend to use the term man a fair bit of times, not necessarily in the podcast, but also the, the, the word like as a filler word. And interestingly enough, I just wanted to point something out. I actually don't think we have American-like accents. But two weeks ago, my wife and I went to this local restaurant called Enzo's. So it's like a local Italian pizzeria. And there's an American girl that works there. And I was like, hey, where are you from? You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, your accent sounds very East Coast. And she was so surprised that I could pick out the fact that her accent was from the East Coast. And then she said something interesting. She said, but you sound American yourself. And I was like, really? Do I, don't, I don't think I sound American. I know I don't sound very Aussie or Australian um, compared to my sister, she does sound more Australian. And then I said, I asked the, um, I asked the, I asked this waitress, I was like, what about my wife? Does she sound American or, or more Aussie? And she's like, oh, she sounds more Aussie. So I thought that was very interesting. You know, how many people have told us in the past that you either have a very neutral accent or, um, you're kind of accentless. I don't know if you've received the same kind of response or input yourself. Hey everyone, um, let me just start by saying that I actually have, <clears throat> excuse me, let me just start off by saying that I have the flu, um, possibly the Rona, <laughs> and um, so my accent might even be different to, you know, the last two episodes, um, it's that Phoebe Buffet, you know, that flu, um, the one in Friends where, you know, when Monica, well, I think, is it Phoebe has it first, and then Monica picks it up, and then... Um, like apparently, yeah, they sound really like sexy. And so Monica, I think wants to keep the accent or oh, it helps Phoebe like with her singing. I can't remember. Like, I don't know why that just came into my head, but, um, I think it's cause I have like a bit of phlegm in my throat and it's just changing my voice right now, even as I'm talking, <clears throat> excuse me, but yeah, so it's, it's actually a really good point. Um, let me just start also by just addressing, uh, the first thing you said around the like comment. Um, I, I did watch, oh, I did listen to the podcast like twice and I honestly, it didn't register. Like I, I didn't, I didn't see it. Um, I, I mean, I didn't hear it. And so like, yeah, I'm, I'm not really f sure, um, how many times I'm saying it. So, but from your reaction, probably a quite a, quite a bit, but it's right. Like, there you go. Saying, saying like is a filler, filler word. And, um, I guess in terms of good habits, it's important that you don't just fill in the space with 
and and like and um it's probably a good cue just to take a pause and just think about what you're about to say but i also think it's related to the fact that as extroverts like our brains are just constantly like wired and like we're thinking and churning and churning and churning so like when we there we go <laughs> we're counting how many times i'm saying it so again the reason like i said it is because i'm trying to construct the next sentence in my head and for me i just need that word to kind of like uh, there you go <laughs> third time anyways we're not going we're not going to make a habit of just counting how many times i say the word like but i i take i take my brother's point anyways so in terms of the accent i have been told many times in fact that i don't sound very australian and that my accent comes more across as a very neutral accent and i don't think i've ever been confused for having an american accent i don't think so like there we go <laughs> um yeah i i, w- I would definitely say most people tell me i have a neutral accent they can't really put a finger on where where the accent's from just trying to think east coast like how did you how did you work out that she had an east coast accent very good question it was it was weird like i don't really know how to explain it myself sometimes it's it's like my brain has kind of accumulated this repository of um of knowledge when it comes to certain you know pictures and and voices and and accents and all of that maybe because i watch a lot of television and and movies so naturally without actually being able to break it down i was like straight away that's an east coast accent you know maybe over time i'll be able to kind of break it down further but i just don't know like that's that's the simple truth i actually don't know i was like that's an east coast accent and she was so surprised because like you said what is an east coast accent and just to go back to what I raised earlier as well about, you know, using filler words like like, like a lot. Um, it's weird. Like everyone does it, you know, in when you when you hear Arabs talk on TV, they use this particular phrase, yani, which means like, you know, a lot. So if you, you might, you might if, if anyone watches Arabic television, not to say unless you're an Arabic speaker, but they do use those filler words. And I also was speaking to a colleague of mine at work and she has, um, she's part of a radio program and she has a very clear voice. She speaks very well, but she's been doing radio for about five or six years, maybe, maybe, maybe even longer than that. And she's like, what do you think of podcasting? Um, I was like, it's great because you get to kind of hear yourself. I I heard the last podcast twice and initially I didn't pick up on the like, it was on maybe the third time. I was like, whoa, we do kind of use the filler word like a lot. And she was saying, isn't that amazing when i was discussing my kind of observations with her she said you once you start hearing yourself speak you start adjusting yourself over time in terms of your tonality in terms of the words you use and how you think and when you speak um one thing that you and i have developed more recently is the ability to kind of let the other person finish their thought by passing the mic along to each other every time we're speaking because that kind of forces us to listen while the other one's speaking. And I think the next thing we're, we're kind of developing, guys, is our ability to keep a conversation flowing by, by adopting pauses 
and not feeling intimidated or awkward by letting there be a moment of silence, which is just us really thinking um, at the end of the day. And then, you know, I'm surprised he said no one's ever said like you have an American-like accent because I, I remember people maybe in the past saying it sounds a bit more American-like. I'm not saying we have American accents, but for whatever reason, it seems closer on the spectrum to being more American than it is to Australian. But maybe maybe I'm wrong. Um, that That's what other people have said. I don't go about my life thinking I sound American or I don't think you do the same thing either. Um, but that's just that's just the way I see it uh, for, for, for now. My, I mean, my memory is pretty, pretty terrible. So, especially lately. And it's probably related to the flu. So, I, maybe perhaps quite a few people have said it to me in the past. I know the only time that I feel like I sound very Australian is when I go overseas. And then it's at that point that I actually notice and realize I'm like, wow, like my accent is very, it's very Aussie. And I just, yeah, that's the only time in my mind that like that really registers. I just remember like us being in Dubai, I think it was about like 2000 and maybe 16 or something. So a while back and we were meeting our cousins, um, believe that like we were meeting at like at a restaurant and i just remember like there you go it's all right <laughs> now it's in my head but i just remember talking and then i mean it's funny because they have american accents right and i just remember talking and just thinking to myself damn like i sound really really aussie and even like maya picked it up and she was just like you know like you guys sound just so like it's funny because she wanted our accent she was just like essentially saying how amazing it is and i was thinking in my head i remember that moment like but you have the you have an amazing accent she has that west coast american california accent which is really cool it's just very like down to earth and chill but what i have actually been told is sometimes that i come across a bit snobbish and I wonder if that's related to the, like, in terms of the way, I know I'm saying like, and you keep looking at me, but whatever. It related to the way we speak, like, because we have that neutral accent, it doesn't sound, I'm just being real here, it doesn't sound too, like, bummy. You know, we're just off the street, it, in the sense, bogany. And it doesn't sound, I guess, unrefined. Because the, the honest truth is, Australian accent can come across off as it can come across as a bit unrefined in the sense because you get really lazy with your words and you, you you know you slur and you drop the last few words the tonality around the last few words and so I wonder if anyone's ever said that to you now I know in some instances um, a person can come across as snobby because you know just the way they carry themselves some people get intimidated and it's just like there's no intention to be snobbish is just I like to dress I like to be look, like I like to come across put together so it's just interesting um, what, are, what are your views on this I've never actually I've never had anyone think that I'm pretentious purely from the way I talk I don't think we have a pretentious way of speaking um, but I, I think I know what you're trying to say you're trying to say because we're not 
very much part of the norm in the way that we communicate people think we're trying to stand out or we think of ourselves in a very different way in the sense like i don't know upper class or but in terms of people thinking uh that we're you know a bit pretentious that that is something that's happened to me in the past but not not necessarily in a negative way i feel, I feel like it, it can it can go in one of two ways either people can look at you and they think wow this guy is really full of himself right you know in a more intimidating kind of way where they look at you and they they see you know you're quite presentable you know you tend to walk with a pretty decent posture you know you take care of your appearance you know you have to look presentable i think that kind of ties back to how we were raised where our parents placed an emphasis on you know making sure you leave the home with your face washed your hair brushed, you know, your iron, your clothing ironed, and you just look presentable. And then the other part kind of ties into our perfectionist attitudes or, or mindset, where we try to exercise as frequently as we can. You know, look after our our physiques. Not that we're ripped or anything like that, or overly muscular. We're not, but we've always tried always tried to kind of maintain, um, at the very least. A standard where we look somewhat semi-athletic and and healthy and for a lot of people that can come across as a bit intimidating it's like looking like it's like looking at a beautiful woman right in the street people would naturally project these assumptions onto her they're like she must be stuck up she's full of herself she must only go for really attractive rich men and to be fair that's not the case for most of these people once you get to know them they're actually very down to earth somewhat insecure um very very i would i wouldn't say arrogant at all or pretentious and i actually had a, had in the past i used to think about this one person that i used to work with at my previous workplace um she came across as very intimidating not to just myself but a lot of other people and naturally people would project onto her this belief that you know she was a bit stuck up a bit arrogant and i remember one day at work um i was going into the lift to go for lunch and she happened to be coming around the same time and i just held the lift door for her to enter just out of politeness no different to anyone else and then i remember when she got into the lift she just kind of lit up and she's like wow like how how kind of you thank you so much that's so that's so kind of you, you know that's very rare which I, i'm surprised because i feel like a lot of people do keep the lift door open for a person that's about to come in but um she's she said something interesting because what 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 i found to be funny was i thought she was quite intimidating and very like you know a bit up herself and she was quite attractive um and she said the same thing about me she's like oh i thought you were a bit of a snob (laughs) just just because of the way you carried yourself and i i don't actually think i did anything specific like i could honestly say to myself there are so many other guys out there that genuinely carry themselves in a very kind of snobbish way where they they do the whole virtue signaling you know like my yeah peacocking you know they strut around the office you know they have to wear the nicest shirts and the nicest pants and the nicest suits I, I don't even wear a full suit most of the time when, when i'm in the office i'm like if there's no need for me to wear the full suit because i'm not meeting clients on the day i can get away with a business shirt and business pants Whereas other guys, to be fair, I remember who were, I wouldn't say not lower positions because that, that sounds so degrading. They were just weren't 
they haven't hadn't just climbed up yet in terms of the corporate ladder and they might literally just be call center operators and there's nothing wrong with that and they're not meeting clients face to face or anything and they're coming coming in to work full suits you know um really expensive suits as well and i'm in, in the back of my mind i'm like but wouldn't you think those people are the ones who are a bit arrogant, pretentious? And they used to always get their hair cut every two weeks. I'm the guy that gets his hair cut every four weeks. I look like I need a haircut right now. Kind of look like cousin it a bit. Um, but it's interesting that, yeah, I wouldn't say it necessarily ties into how we how we speak, but maybe people can get intimidated by the way we carry ourselves. And we do somewhat take ourselves a bit seriously, not with the intention of of because we're serious people but um we do like to look like i said presentable and all of and all of those other things yeah it's 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 actually really interesting that people do sometimes see us as serious individuals because i mean besides our friends we we know ourselves well enough that we're we're just not very serious like we authentically are like some of the biggest idiots like once we're really comfortable it's pretty insane like we just we just want to have fun most of the time and i think the reason we actually choose to be serious especially in public or in corporate is because we just don't want people to think also we're just complete idiots because we do have that dimension and capacity within us and I think even as children, like you and I were very creative and like, you know, we would make cars out of cardboard boxes and, you know, we were very like, you know, we would make perfume, we would talk to the neighbors, like we'd ride our bikes until sunset. Like, you know, we were just very chill, down to earth, like didn't really care for much. Like we won't, I think to be honest, like a serious person is more, the way I see it is an individual who is very rigid in the sense has to follow this schedule sometimes. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but in the sense of like, there we go. It's going to be hard to get out of my head, but in the sense they can't deviate from their plans. To me, that, that, that shows more like a person is serious. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just how you are. I was just reflecting back when you were talking also, and I was thinking like, why, (laughs) why is it that people do tend to sometimes project project or uh, see us as serious individuals. And I, I remember when I was working um, for Accenture, I was in my like cubicle and I mean, you know, if you guys, if any of you guys have worked in consulting, it's, it's a pretty, it's not a great environment to be working in. You, you work like crazy hours and you know, you don't really have, you have, you're on multiple projects at any single point in time and you're just pretty much a workhorse and I remember like just being on my desk and I'm typing and then like uh, there you go but there was there was this particular person well number of individuals number of individuals were walking around the office and I, and I take my well at least historically I, I took my job very seriously and I was thinking well that's that's because that's what's expected of me and I'm, I'm getting getting paid a salary of course I need to make sure I'm doing a good job and we also had bonuses and whatnot. So, you know, you want to you wanna get your bonus at the end of the day. Anyways, so I remember this one, well, it was a couple of individuals. They approached my cubicle and, and they said, why are you so serious? And I was thinking, 
but I'm, I'm working. Like, of course I'm going to be serious. Like, I don't, I don't understand the nature of that question. And it's funny because as they got to, to know me and they, you know, they saw me play like soccer and um, participate in a number of different events. Yeah, yeah, like the pranks and like what I would do with one of my mates and stuff. They, they saw like who I truly was. But I remember asking, I think it was Danica, like, I'm like, why, why did you think like, you should, she, I think she made the comment, she's like, I thought you were like a snob. And um, I was like, why, why did you, why did you think that? And I think she, what she told me was, you just, uh, what, what did she say? Like, you just, I mean, it's that word, like, you're just so put together. Mm-hmm. Like, you just, and the other, the other thing she said was, you don't really talk to anyone else or you don't, you only, you don't interact with a lot of people. And I was thinking to myself, like, I'm, I'm a people person, I'm an extrovert, but I'm also highly selective about who I want to interact with. You know, energy is very limited. Like, I'm not going to just waste my energy on everyone, right? And, yeah, I was just thinking, well, you know, I, I would interact with a person like her because she was a very nice person, very kind person and fun person. But, like, I didn't really want to interact with the others at work because our values didn't align you know, the type of people they were, it's just, it didn't really interest me. Like, they were just really into gossip. I was just like, well, I get, I don't really get any value from that. Like, you know, they would always talk about The Bachelor and all this stuff. And I was like, I can't relate to that conversation. And I know they used to always invite me to like housewarmings and all this stuff. And, you know, like I did go to a few of them, but I remember just being at those events and sitting there and thinking like, these individuals are quite boring. And they might be looking at me and thinking the same thing that that I'm boring and that I'm, I'm but I'm just like, well, what are you what are you actually like doing? You just it just seems so mindless to me, you know. Like most of you just got drunk, and I just like you know dancing or whatever. And the conversations is like very shallow. And I was thinking like I always remember like being at those events, thinking like I just want to get out of here. And, and I'm not even an introvert. I'm just like I just want to get out of here. Like this is so pointless, so useless. How do people live this way? And it's not, again, it's not coming from a place of snobbery. It's just like, huh, it's, it's, it's more from the point of view that I want to be using my time for something that I find fun. And to get like real enjoyment for me is I need depth. I can't just operate in, in, a, in a shallow sphere. So yeah, like it's, I, I, it's a very interesting topic. Um, I don't think a lot of people might necessarily understand where we're coming from, but I also want to say that if if it's it's funny because like I I see massive also contradictions between how people perceive me in the past and even now, and like the <laughs> and the nickname that I have now is like smiley, and you know like even even like most people think I'm not a very like at the academy that I go to for training, they they just think most people don't even know that I'm 31. They're like they would say to me. I thought you was well some people thought I was in high school others thought like I was in my early 20s and they would not believe that I'm 31 because I, when I'm really comfortable in an environment you really get the authentic version of me and you know again I, I said earlier like our, our friends have seen this like we are the type of people that will be getting arrested in Malaysia because you know we've jumped the barriers you know the, the, yeah it's just it's just very interesting I'm going to pass the mic because I feel like I've, I've had it for quite a long time no, I don't think you've had it for a long time. Actually, like what you were saying, I was listening quite in, um, very, very closely. 
Um, just to go back to the workplace, first of all, it's interesting that you say that, you know, when you're in the workplace, um, you people kind of take think that you're more serious than what you actually are. Because I actually think when I'm in the workplace, probably people don't take me so seriously because I, I tend to be very, um, very outgoing, very talkative at work. But I understand what you mean. Like initially at face value, people would naturally think you're, you're a bit standoffish and, and, and whatever. Um, and I, I do wonder why. But say, for example, for me in the workplace, it takes me some time to kind of ease into a setting. Like some, some people, they just naturally, they go, you know, right into the deep end. And it comes across, at least for me, it'll be a little bit so weird. It's like, how can you, how can you just give up so much energy so quickly without really knowing this setting pretty well? And what we do, I think, is we try to kind of, at least myself, we try to gauge each individual person. You're like, okay, with this person, I can be like this. And with this person, I can be like that. And the other thing I realized for myself over time was, I actually think most people are actually quite serious at work because when they enter the office, they take it so seriously, right? Where they're like, I have to focus on my job, purely on my job, right? Whereas the way I look at it, I'm like, you know what? I want to talk to my colleagues. I kind of want to mess around a bit. I want to joke around. You know, you want to feel like there's a very kind of communal, almost college-like environment. I'm not saying like you're turning it into college or, or something like school or yeah, frat. And you're like, you know, what's up, bro? You know, it's not like that. But definitely, when you think about it, we spend half of our lives, at least. I'm sure, I mean, maybe it's a little bit less than that. But a good chunk of your life at work. And what I realized, some, I realized something interesting was, you know, people, when, when they go to work, they seem to just go to themselves. Okay, you know, work work is work. And then when you do have fun at work, it's at set points being, you know, they're like, oh, we've got drinks after work, right? And then we can really let ourselves go and we can be our, our authentic selves. And I always found that weird. I'm like, why aren't you just your authentic self throughout the day? Why is it it's like, oh no, we have to have like a workplace event, you know? And then they kind of force out their personalities. They're like, because now I'm getting drunk, I'm having alcohol, whatever, I can kind of loosen up and then you see a side of people and you're like, really, is that, is that how you are? But then as soon as the, the next day comes along and they go back into their typical uh, work persona, they, again, they take, they become very super professional and a bit, you know, serious and hyper-focused. And I'm like, maybe, all right, maybe, maybe that is, maybe that is a healthy kind of way of looking at your job. But for me personally, I, I don't see why anyone would want to be like that when, you're putting on a character for most of the day and no wonder why so many people kind of come back home and they just want to lay down on the couch for an hour to unwind because you're taking off that mask whereas for, i think you and i and, and i'll pass the mic in a second we say to ourselves you know what initially the there's that kind of period where you're dipping your toes in the water just trying to get a, a feel for things but then you say this is my environment, you know, I want to have a good time, I want to joke around with people, I want to get to know people better, you know, I want to, I want to mess around a bit during the work day, not at these set periods where like, now it's the office Christmas party, you know, and now we're, we're having like this themed event, so this is when you can kind of let loose, why, why is that the case, don't, you, don't people find that exhausting? I just wanted to jump in, I think you said it really well, that's pretty much exact, very close to how I think too, and I agree, like, I didn't think about it until you just said it now, but like 
You're right. People have, I think a lot of the reason people have imposter syndrome also is related to the fact that when it comes to their work, they know they're putting on a facade, a character, and it's very hard to hold that front when that's not truly who you are. And so if you're, if you're an individual who is not corporate, you know, doesn't really enjoy talking about, let's say, finance, doesn't, you know, want to put on a suit, whatever it is, and you have to play that character for like a good eight hours or more, you know, when you come back home, of course you're going to be exhausted because you've just been a person, you've just had to operate in a framework like for the for, for, for eight hours and that's not who you are. So you, you're constantly just thinking, thinking, okay, what would a person who's in, you know, banking do? You know, how would they speak? How would they interact? You know, how would they eat? How would they walk? How would they dress? How would they... It's exhausting. And it's funny, like, we're talking about this because I actually raised it with one of our friends yesterday, last night. We were having dinner. And we are waiting at, again, Enzo's. And there was, a, there was a long queue. Obviously, a lot of people coming in trying to celebrate Mother's Day before, you know, today because it's cheaper or whatever. So, there was a long queue. And, like, I, I told him, oh, man, who cares with this like word? But... I, I told him, like, it's interesting because, like, let me set up the context here. So we're waiting in the queue. And his initial position is to start complaining about, he hates queues, by the way. He's a Gemini. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's standing there with the rest of us. There's like four of us. And he's just like, oh, you know, the line's long, blah, blah, blah. Something, something about, you know, I think he said something along the lines of maybe the food is not going to be good. You know, then he was talking about the serv- there was one person servicing, like, essentially he was the host. You know, he was he was the guy trying to get everyone to a table, sort them out, all of this stuff. One guy, and there's just like lots and lots of people, so he can't obviously give his attention to to just us. The rest of us are waiting patiently. He's making side comments. You know, what kind of so you know you know like sometimes how he can be right. So again, we we, we you know we don't mind it because it's just his nature, who he is. But where I got really irritated was, so when the individual came to us, he completely flipped the script. He put on this whole show. Well, not just that individual. There was another waitress that came. And then he put on this whole facade of, I'm a nice guy, you know, and starting to talk to her something about like the table and this, like he, he completely changed who he was. I was just thinking to myself, but just, Literally, a couple of seconds ago, you were whinging and complaining about the service and this, and now you're like putting on this front of a nice guy. I'm, you know, very charming. I'm very this. And then he did the same thing with, with the other guy when he, when he came over to us and put on, again, the same charm, the same act. And I, and I just, and then he went back when, once this, they went away. He was just talking to us and saying, you know, um, like, I think he was taking pride in the fact that, like, he can be very charming, whatever. So, and he, he's aware of this. I, I said it to him. So this, this is not me speaking behind my friend's back. Like he, you know, I'm, I'm very upfront with my, my, my colleagues. And I said to him, colleagues, <laughs> very upfront with my friends. And I said to him, like, that really, that really annoyed me what you, what you did, what you did there. Because like, you literally were just complaining and whinging and like talking about the service like a minute ago. And now, and like, then you put on this whole facade and this whole character. And the reason I'm raising with him, because I'm trying to get him to just be more authentic. You're either, like, it's not to put it black and white, you're either this or that. But 
if you can't maintain a frame as an individual, a consistent frame in terms of your personality, then that, that, that for me makes me question who you are as an individual. Like how can you be so, I mean, people can be multifaceted, but to me that came across as a bit two-faced. It, it just it's, it's it came across as very disingenuous and it just really it really triggered me and it really annoyed me because you started to put on a persona to try to get them to like you even though that's not who you were and you were talking behind their back how like how, how do you sit there comfortably with yourself playing nice with a person you were just talking talking about like to me in my head i just couldn't register it yeah no i kind of get what you're saying and to be fair, just, just to cut the guy some slack, you did mention he is a Gemini. And I know a lot of people don't believe in this, but they have kind of that duality when it comes to personalities, you know, the twins. The, the, you do, sometimes you don't know what you're getting. And that's just, just you know, playing things lightly. But it's not it's not just him, to be fair. And what you and I get the point you're trying to make. A lot of people are like that. A lot of people are like that in life. Where essentially, you know, because we do want to kind of be liked, and have people validate and approve of us we kind of switch between you know our true self our true authentic selves and what is more palatable to the uh to the world around us so there's a there's a there's people out there who don't necessarily switch you know and they're kind of consistent and the truth is a lot of those people kind of get cast aside by society um notwithstanding the fact that they are consistent but they're not like switching their behavior you know or, or kind of adjusting it to each individual because they're like i if i do this this person will like me if i say this this person will like like me but i get the underlying message that you're trying to make which is you know this is incredibly exhausting because you're not being yourself and say, for example, if you are a person who values, um, you know, efficiency and speed and you don't like waiting in queues and all that, you should just be consistent. You know, you don't, you don't have to, on the one hand, say, you know, I hate lines. This is inefficient. This, this is not going to be good. And then, then all of a sudden you kind of flip the script because the people around you then get confused. And then they'll be like, but I'm, wait a second. Like maybe subconsciously they're thinking to themselves, how can we trust you as a person when you're not really authentic you know because you're putting on this mask and a lot of people probably face the same issues where you know they might let's say for example they're married right and you're looking let's let's take the example of a husband you know behind closed doors they could be quite aggressive short-tempered impulsive um quick to anger you know, and all of this other stuff. But as soon as they step into the, into the office on a Monday morning and Jenny welcomes them, at reception welcomes them with a, you know, how was your weekend? I hope you had a, you know, I hope you have a good day. They, they're the most charming, eloquent, patient, understanding human beings out there because it's almost they understand that social contract where like, you might be able to get away with that kind of behavior at home. And to be fair, I don't think you really can because I think a lot of people that do behave in that particular way will face consequences much later down the track because 
not everyone is willing to um, accept that behavior for a prolonged period. But, you know, we do make concessions for the people we love and the people around us. But to the outside world, there's that implied social contract. We're like, that kind of behavior isn't acceptable, you know? And subconsciously, they know that. So they have to put on the mask where they say to themselves, okay, to be approved by society, I have to be more pleasant. Or maybe maybe it's not even like this, that implied social contract. Maybe they don't really have a strong sense of self, you know, and they kind of oscillate between these different personalities because they themselves are very confused people. And they think to themselves, if I truly voice what's on my mind, people aren't going to like me and I need people to like me. Um, It's the same thing like when people go into the office and, you know, they dress in a very corporate kind of identical fashion. The truth is, I don't think most companies have a very clear dress code. A lot of it is somewhat implied. So on, you know, Monday, all the guys in the corporate world, at least in finance, they pull out their navy blue suits with their white shirts and either their black or brown shoes. And then, you know, throughout the week, they might alternate between a blue shirt and a white shirt. Um, There's no real, like, originality. There's no real creativity. There's no... People don't truly express themselves. And I feel like... I feel like that's why when they go home or when they're alone or around their close friends, those frustrations really come through, you know? And it might might be um, surprising to some people, but they've always been frustrated like that because they've suppressed who they truly are because they're trying to fit into this mold so that they can be approved by society and and there's that concept of the um the sigma male so you people might be aware of like alphas betas and the sigmas sigmas are those those people in life who they kind of understand the rules and they're not rude or anything but they're like i'm not going to follow something for the sake of it i'm going to be my authentic self and i'm going to go about life um doing what I know is right and what I'm comfortable with. And if people like that, great. If people don't like that, I'm not going to basically change who I am, assuming that you're not hurting anyone in the process or or, or being rude or anything like that. Um, and I feel like there's definitely a lack of sigmas because most people are either betas or want to be alphas. And I'm not saying because alphas themselves, they want to be approved by their, their pack. Um, but people, people, in this case, guys, aren't necessarily very um, sure of themselves. So they kind of oscillate between these different extremes. But I understand what you're saying. Like, it's, it's better to be consistent about who you are and what you like and what you don't like. And because consistency breeds certainty. And people at a subconscious level want, want to know who you are. They're like, okay, I can trust this person. Even if you even if you say to someone, like, I'm a person with low frustration tolerance, you're like, great, you know, and you're consistent about it. They're like, we know what your business is. But if you're showing this other face to people, they're like, wait a second, can I trust you? Are you actually who you say you are? You know, how do I know that you're not sometimes faking your reactions or your the way you communicate and all of this stuff around me? It creates a lot of confusion, if that makes sense. I know I know waffled on a little bit trying to externalize my, 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 my thoughts, but um, I'll let you kind of take it from here. No, I, I honestly, I don't even think you were waffling. Like, 
it's funny how we have these perceptions about ourselves when we're we're speaking in terms of we all think like i'm not what i'm saying isn't really making much sense or it's like i'm waffling or whatever it's because for, for the person on the other end you're like no it's actually i'm i'm interested in what you're saying and your your way of thinking yeah it's it's different like or it's the same and it's uh, it's you're able just to externalize what i was actually thinking or what i couldn't put words to and I, I I think the issue for me was it's pretty much what you said that how how can I trust what you have to say when what you're showing me is inconsistency and you measure a person by their actions, mm. not their words. And so like a wife that sees her husband like she knows that like a wife that sees her husband, she's like, Okay, but at home you're one thing where you're kind of aggressive and you're very abrupt and very controlling but then to the outside world you're very charming and understand like it, it creates so much confusion exactly and i think in life you generally really get drawn or attracted to people who you see just being themselves like you can have an individual who is you know maybe dressed in cosplay or whatever at least from my perspective and he's just walking down the street and he's the only one is the only person dressed that way right there's a part of me, or there's a strong part of me, that actually is really appealed or attracted to that. And it's because I'm like, well, that person, like, they're so lucky. They can just be who they are, you know, or the individual who just wants to wear, like, a, the man or the girl who wants to wear, well, it's mostly men, like, who wants to wear a funky shirt, you know what I mean? He's going to go in Monday morning into the office with, like, you know, one of those, what is it, South American floral shirts that you see in Narcos, you know? And that, to me, like, again, that, like, there's a part of me, like, and, and we're talking about this, but we also have those, well, at least I personally can speak to the fact that I have aspects of me which are, I do suppress my authentic self at times. And there is part of me which is just like, well, you want to just not stick outside <clears throat> of the crowd? Because there is this, um, there is this concept in Australian society called tall, tall poppy syndrome. And I don't think it necessarily exists in the US and maybe other places, maybe in the UK, I'd imagine, because it's a similar culture. But in, in Australian culture, like it's not highly valued for you to be unique or different. So tall poppy syndrome is, so most poppies grow at around the same height, but occasionally you'll get one poppy and the poppy is just this flower and they actually make heroin out of it. Um, but that if it sticks up um, at a height above all the rest, they just chop it down, right? And it's because it's it's just so obvious. And so that's Australian society to an extent. They don't necessarily value an individual who is unique or who stands out. They take it as, again, that person is trying to be snobbish. Maybe that person has an ego, thinks they're so good. But realistically, and I think society is changing nowadays, you know, being unique is now, but it's funny because it's become mainstream. That's the problem, right? in Australian society it's like if it's mainstream then it's okay so being unique now is mainstream so it's like it's okay for you to you know be who you are but the way I feel about it is Australian society doesn't actually like individuals who you know are unique and yeah I just want to go back to talking about um the situation with my friend and it's funny because like what you were saying earlier because he actually even acknowledged that he has opinions that he has to hold back 
because he's afraid that people won't understand. So if he shared what he was actually thinking, that it would be misinterpreted. And so I just thought that was an interesting point. No, no, and I and I definitely agree. And just to go back to that point also about standing out, um, you know, my wife likes to dress quite creatively and I think similar to myself, she kind of hates falling into this frame or mold that society expects. So say, for example, in the past, and she still does, but she would wear a beret to work and she would dress in a very kind of like cute, more European-esque kind of way to work. You know, she doesn't dress in that standard. You know, a lot of women in the in, in the corporate world would just kind of wear all black or, you know, the same standard business pants, the black business pants and, you know, the top or whatever, or like almost a power suit similar to men. Um, whereas she tries to hold on to a bit of her personality. So she goes and wears a pink beret or a black beret and like that kind of um, overall... I can't, I can't explain the look, but it looks very Frenchy. And, you know, there was one guy, this this middle-aged maybe man on the train, I remember was sitting down and then he sat there for about 15 minutes, but I could tell that he wanted to say something. And then before he left, he's like, oh, I just want to let you know, I really love your look. I love the fact that you're wearing like a beret. He's like, are you French? And she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not French. Um, um, a Middle Eastern, but he was he was just he's like I, I just really like your look, right? And he's like I also like hats, so he was wearing like a Kubra hat, whatever they call it. Um, and I was like, you know what, that's great. But the funny thing is, when she goes to work, you know, all these other women, for whatever reason, feel the need to make you know remarks and quite quite rude or condescending remarks or backhanded um, comments or even a backhanded compliment in a way. And it comes down to, yeah, again, in, a, in maybe a strange society or other parts, other places as well, where standing out isn't, isn't a great thing. And I know society tries to pretend to be like, we're all super progressive and we all embrace different, you know, personalities and religions and cultures and all that stuff. You know what? I feel like a lot of it is still very tokenistic, you know, surface level. Um, it's not really, people aren't as honest about it because people are more comfortable with everyone being the same than than being different because it gives them a level of um certainty in terms of where they sit in life otherwise if everyone's doing what they feel is right for them people get confused some people some people just don't have a really strong sense of self they're like should i be wearing this or should i be wearing that but these people are wearing more expensive outfits and these people uh, are being more creative than me like it creates so much confusion for, for these other people but there are people like you, myself, my wife, and others out there as well, um, like the people that you're saying wearing cosplay or whatever. They have a very strong sense of identity to an extent. And they're like, but this is what I like. And this is kind of the image I want to portray to the world. And I don't feel the need to just dress like everyone else and behave like everyone else and have my coffee like everyone everyone else, you know. I'll have a skin cap, you know, with two sugars or whatever it is or have have that morning tea and you know, people that follow that same kind of linear process in life, you, you and I know about, like, we remember this at university, right? Everyone's like, okay, if you studied commerce and finance, the next step is to get into investment banking or whatever. And if you get into one of also the big four firms, not necessarily investment banking or the accounting firms, you know, you kind of set. And after that, you know, you kind of work your way through that 
through up that corporate ladder and once you do that you know you accumulate enough money to buy a property in this area to you know to go also overseas in these places you know so you can go skiing in whistler and japan and it's so weird because then they're so they're so basic in a way you know they all do that two-year london stint as well like it's almost mandatory you know why london why not hong kong why not singapore why not dubai you know, what is it with people in, in, in London? Like, no offense, like London's a great city and I haven't even been there, but but it has shit weather. <laughs> Forgive my language. Why, why would you want to be in a place? You know, no offense to anyone living in London, but if you had the choice, you know, Singapore, Dubai, Hong Kong, um, there's other global cities out there, New York, they just have a better environment, a better... Um, what would you say it's just just a better vibe in general like there's a reason why people in 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 the uk and london drink a lot you know because you barely have enough sun and i saw this tiktok video where this guy was like i would never go back to the uk he's from the uk he's like i love australia so much there's just so much sun you know vitamin d makes you feel good but there's this kind of weird linear basic almost mindset i'm not trying to offend anyone but because maybe and i would hope someone could correct me and challenge my view but why do they all have to do this two-year london stint what is it why london you know yeah uh, i completely get it and i i honestly don't don't understand it either um i know quite a few people that always said yep i, I need to go to london or i did i did a three four five year stint in london etc and they come back with the with this accent and it's just like um you're not british why why are you talking as if you're british you know so i i think there's there's a there's maybe those individuals also tend i mean ironically they're the ones who probably have more of the snobbery in them because for them london is a social status right so it's like yeah i I was at london and you know i went to oxford and i studied london school of economics and you know um I work for Barclays Bank. Yeah, Barclays Bank. And, you know, it's high society. I, I was living in Kensington and all of this stuff. And yeah, they tend to be, honestly, not to be offensive towards anyone, but like the North Shore style kids. And I remember like us being in law school and <laughs> our first reaction when we would hear them speak was just like, so a lot of them would say the word chance and surely and dance. And was it the way they said your name was Sam? Yeah. And, I just remember like what I mean my brother and I were from Western Sydney not that that makes a difference but we were just like what, what the hell is going on like why are these people why are they speaking with a British accent and they're not even from South Australia so I know a lot of South Australians you know you pronounce you know, have that like British slang but like we're from New South Wales right um, so stop trying to act as if you're part of high society you know what I mean like stop trying to impress like, there's nothing impressive about it you just sound like a douchebag and the other thing, like I want, sorry, sorry, I just want to correct something also. But there are other people I wanted to add that do go to London. I know because they want to travel Europe. Um, so I'm not I'm not trying to shit on everyone who goes to London for two years. And I'm not saying they're basics. I know there are people that genuinely use it as a launching point to go to different parts of Europe, and it's easier to work in London. So I'm, I am aware of that fact. So I don't want anyone to take offense. Yeah, I, I, I am completely. I mean, valid point. <laughs> I don't want people to think that we're we're shitting on their dreams um but yeah like what was i going to say well, why not dubai? 
Yeah, I mean, there's so many, so many other places that you could really visit. Like we were very close to Asia. You know, Asia is an amazing like place. I mean, everyone loves to go to Thailand, right, for a vacation. But you wouldn't go there to work. I mean, or even even just to have like a a, a one year sabbatical or whatever it is. But you're right. Um, a lot of people do use London as a launching pad just to go to different European cities. So everyone has different reasons. But yeah, I guess for us, we just we've seen some aspects of society where it's just like there is this is this attraction towards London because, you know, maybe it's for whatever reason a lack of self esteem around you know, or maybe they're just basic individuals like you're saying. They don't really have, uh, they don't really have like their own creative, unique thoughts and and dreams. Let's be honest; like a lot of people would watch TV, and they could easily be swayed by a program where they go come to um i don't know kazakhstan not that there's anything wrong with kazakhstan but like they could easily have have their thoughts manipulated in a way or 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 modified rather than them saying to themselves you know i've always had this kind of desire to go to where wherever and have this experience you know and it's completely unique because they've done some sort of research or they have a particular thing that they really enjoy in life Whereas a lot of people follow the, the herd, right? And if the herd says it's popular to wear, you know, Jordans, Air Jordans, then they all go wear all Air Jordans. And if, if the herd says to them, um, you know, you don't want to work in some some place like Dubai, you know, this is like, it's weird. It's not really popular. It's a Middle Eastern country, blah, blah, blah. Even though I would say it's very similar in some capacity to London, you know, and a lot of expats in, in 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 Dubai are from London, and it was pretty much built, or or kind of the way the path they 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 followed in terms of growth was dictated by British people. Um, but it's just weird how people kind of fixate on certain things because that's what you know society tells them. Say, for example, people from Western Sydney, right? I mean, Western Sydney is great. And as soon as they join like the corporate world and they're making some money, they all kind of want to adopt. Once they go and live in the more affluent suburbs, you know, so they start adopting their social norms, their habits, you know, the expectations of going, sending their children to these elite private schools and dressing in a particular way and, and kind of going to Japan to ski in, in the winter and Whistler. It's, it's, there's no originality in, in anything. And you think to yourself, so your whole life, is just based on a script and it's scary because i would like to think most people have a sense of originality or their own formulated views and and beliefs and and kind of things that make them feel good rather than being told oh this is what everyone does so you also feel you know great about this particular decision if you follow this path yeah i completely agree like for me i remember i think i visited japan six times and it's because it just really, really appealed to me. And I think if, if you're an individual individual and you, you suddenly realize like you have a passion for a place because, I mean, for me, I just love the the, the energy of Japan and obviously the, the respect and just the fact that there's so many different layers and aspects, you know, to the Japanese culture and, and, and just the cities. For me, like that, that really drew me in. And I think what you get with London and again we haven't been there but it's a bit of a monoculture the way I feel like it's London's really going to be no different to to Sydney you know it's 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 what what's what's so different you know anyways 
Um, I just wanted to also make a point about. Um, I don't want it, I don't, don't want it to come across as if like you know we know ourselves so well that we're so unique. It's like no, no, that's not the case. You know, there's 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 a big part of me who, like where I'm still trying to learn and understand who I am, what I like, what I don't like. You know, I, I mean, I I sometimes you know will join the herd mentality in terms of you know if there's something that's that's trending and that's popular, sometimes I'll jump on. You know, um, I'm a TikTok guy, so like I. I you know I like I like to see what's 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 happening out there and if it appeals to me you know sometimes I'll be like yeah sure I'm I'm gonna jump on that trend so yeah I I don't want anyone to think that you know we're we're just this you know super unique individuals no 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 like we we're we're on this journey of trying to figure ourselves out because for a long time I guess I would say also we were really living in the shadow of our parents in terms of who they wanted us to be so we weren't really in our full element but it's funny because like. I remember, as twins, you know, we can pretty much read each other and read each other's minds. When we would be watching a TV program or we would see somebody wearing a funky shirt, like we both would look at each other and we're both thinking the same thing. Like remember that time we were coming out of the cinema and there was this there was this guy wearing this really cool funky shirt and it's just, you were on the top of the escalator, maybe I was on the bottom of the escalator, I can't even remember. But we both happened to just turn around and look at each other because, you know, again, there's, there was a part of us that's just like, I wish I, I, could, I was the guy wearing that shirt, you know? Um, and sometimes we do do it, but generally we do that when we're overseas. Like if you remember in Indonesia, I bought the batik shirt and I think I bought three and I was, it's like super colorful, super bright. And I was just wearing it everywhere. Cause I'm just like, yeah, like this is who I am. Like, I love this. So I can see that we're approaching, um, toward, uh, we're going to extend it for another 10 minutes. Yeah. I, I just want to extend, I know we're about to hit one hour guys, but actually there was an interesting conversation that I wanted to have. So Eli's been working a lot recently and today, you know, he's kind of stuck at his desk. It's a weekend. It's a Sunday. And I, you know, it got us thinking about, you know, a bit about life, work. Why do we work so hard? What's the purpose behind all of this? And I just wanted him to kind of touch on that a little bit and what he was thinking today. Yeah, today was an interesting day. So I, I would have preferred to spend my day out in the sun today, especially considering that it's going to be raining tomorrow. But instead I was, you know, pretty much chained down to my desk, having to complete this deliverable, which is due tomorrow. And I, I will probably after this podcast still have to, you know, go back home and, and complete the rest of it. But it, the reason it got us thinking is because is in the past, I would say I was a person who really put a heavy priority and, and focus on his job and on his work to the point where I was sacrificing a lot of my personal life because I was you know trying to just you know go up the corporate ladder I, I, I thought to myself like this is this is what I'm supposed to be doing you know what I mean like this is what life's about like you get a corporate job you know you're supposed to be working long hours you know you need to make a lot of money so like you said you can then you know buy a, you know, a house and then an investment property and then you know you can also travel and then, you know, you can have, have a fancy car and, you know, fancy clothes and fancy. And then it's, it's just funny, like at, at some point you start to realize like, but I'm not happy. Like I'm, I'm doing all this stuff, but I'm not happy. And, I'm, and every time you have to like work the weekend and I used to work in consulting guys and I was just like, I bloody hate this. Like, you know, I really hate this. Like it's 1 a.m. and I'm doing like, I'm just working. Like I, I didn't feel like I had a life. Like the most I, I could enjoyment that I could get was maybe one hour of gym, you know, like gymming, at, uh, or at one hour at the gym. And I was like, 
I remember that being sometimes at the gym and staring outside the window. This is at Virgin Active in, in Pitt Street in Sydney. And it'd be late at night. It'd be like, well, not too late, but it'd be seven o'clock. And I'm like, is this my life? Like, is this, is, is this it? Like, is this what I'm living for? And it, and it was just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And like, I didn't really necessarily feel that, you know, and I'm sure they were thinking the same way, the directors and all the others, like didn't really care. You know, it's just to them, we were just numbers and just churning and churning away. And yet, but there was this, still this part of me which is just like, I can't drop the ball. You know, I have to be real, like I have to get this done. I have to deliver. And then it clicked with me at some point and I'm just like, no, no, no. Like I'm going to, I need to prioritize me. I need to prioritize my own life and I need to make sure that I'm doing the things that I want to be doing and I fit my work around my personal um, personal well-being. So even though I had a lot of this work, you know, on, on Friday, I'm, I was pretty sick. So on Friday, like I have a really great director in terms of my new job. Um, and even the last job, she was really good. But like, you know, she I popped up on camera and she, her response to me was like, Eli, you look like effing shit. Really? <laughs> yes. And she's like, go and go take a sick day and go sleep. I was like, no, 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 but we have to do the business planning. We have this and that. She's like, go and sleep. I was like, no, no, no. And she's like, then she started asking me questions, just basically trying to make me understand like, you're in terrible condition you need to leave now, you know. So, anyways, I didn't. I didn't really get much done on on Friday. I did. I did rest. I did do some work, you know. what I mean, because there's still part of me that it's just like, nope. I need to get this yeah. work done because in my head there's a schedule, right? Yeah. I don't. I don't schedule things out necessarily physically, but in my head there was a schedule, and I was like, no, I need to do like this chunk of work. Otherwise, I'm like screwed come Monday. And there's you know colleagues who are depending on me and whatnot. But the thing is like on friday night you know i still still had a good time saturday i went out like i was like i'm not going to do work on on saturday either because i'm like i'm prioritizing me like i want some time to myself so you know um i did the training um i hung out with friends you know uh, up until you know i think it was like 11 whatever and then i said i'll do it on sunday and i, I still slept in also in sunday morning and stuff which is today but I was just like, the work will come second now. It's not going to be, you know, I'm not going to have a shower. I'm not going to, yeah. you know, do my like self-care. I'm not going to like rush my morning. I was just like, no, 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 this will get done, you know. And I'm not, I'm not going to put work at the forefront because one, I'm learning that lesson, you know, because I have a good team environment now. And it's very like supportive and everything. But also I have the wisdom to think to myself, nothing is going to just like fall apart just because you're not, you know, you haven't done something. And it, it sometimes, it, it, let's say, you know, you gave it 60, 70% effort. That's good enough, man. Like it doesn't need to be perfect. And I think that was my obsession before that. I, I, I just needed to, whatever I was doing to be 100% perfect. And I think I've, I've learned that lesson and, I'm, and I have a great director who's teaching me, you know, the idea that it's okay, like just to have it in a very draft form and we can work on it. You know, you, you don't need to impress me in the first go. So, and the interesting thing is she gave me a call about unexpectedly about two weeks ago telling me basically how she was happy that she made the right choice in terms of who she hired. And she's like, I love your energy. Um, you know, you're a really good fit for the team, blah, blah, blah. And to be honest, I, I wasn't even expecting that because, you know, it's not, sometimes you just, you can't read people. You don't know what they're thinking. And I wasn't thinking about it or anything. Like I actually knew that I was, I was doing a good, you know, I was good at my job. I was doing well. 
but yeah that that also threw me off but it's just it's also showed me that i am i'm i'm on the right path like i'm actually living my life you know work is not a priority it's it's just something i do yeah. you know what i mean as part of my existence and yeah it's it's working out and i, and I definitely agree with that because i've so i've seen you change your life quite dramatically and the way you think the way you talk you know how again you prioritize your you know brazilian jiu-jitsu um going out with your mates and all of that stuff and even recently like even through me people somehow picking up on your vibe you know by virtue like it's just because we're two identical twins but i haven't done anything particular particularly unusual special and i'm still on my journey but the other day when i mentioned to you you know a friend of ours a common friend was like you because of because of your dedication to bjj and you know you're really disciplining yourself in, in a lot of different ways they were motiv- motivated themselves to kind of hit the gym that night and then consistently again you know bring themselves back into that routine of exercising and focusing on themselves and you don't see the ripple effects that your decision to change is having on other people's lives for me personally being an identical twin every time i see you again i, I kind of recalibrate and trying to bring myself back to being more patient more calm more balanced um less uh, over the last few years i have become a little bit more i guess aggressive or or um very direct and when when i when i see you i kind of recalibrate again i'm like no no this is not me you're not like this you have to be patient again you have to be very flexible understanding um and you're you holding your frame is having so much impact on a lot of people around you and even today i think when you came downstairs and i saw you in your cabra kai um your cabra kai hoodie and you know you had a nice haircut and you look very very healthy and fit again i was like oh man i've got to i've got to pull my socks up a bit more and push myself a little bit harder but i could feel your vibe i could feel your presence i could feel you know your your character and again i'm not saying it in a very arrogant way or like trying to beat your drum or anything like that but when a person works on themselves guys you know it's 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 very obvious and when people start raising their energy that person naturally becomes more attractive or or their value seems to go up and you're not because you're not doing it with the intention of trying to impress anyone you know you went through a very difficult point in your life you know and you wanted to build yourself up you know and 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 it's so obvious because you said i'm going to do this for myself you know and sometimes a lot of people when when they try to change themselves it's because they're trying to impress others but when you're doing it for yourself your you um your your vibrational your frequency i know i know this might seem a bit esoteric but it's so obvious you know there's this it's almost like a gravitational pull and it's bringing all these other people around you and so when you said your manager was saying to you you know i'm really glad, glad that i hired you um i'm not i'm not even surprised about that you know i've had i've heard other compliments and all that stuff not that we're going to sit here and and, and and lay them all out um but yeah because you're choosing to prioritize yourself choosing to prioritize you know your well-being and your health and everything kind of just naturally seems to fall in place so even when your own manager saying to you you know go and take some time to yourself you know focus on your own health because you're already doing a great job you know and by you always by you consistently you know focusing on on your on your well-being and your state of mind it all just kind of filters through the rest of your life and i, I really liked hearing that um 
you know so 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 yeah so again this whole concept of you know your life shouldn't revolve revolve around your work but rather your work should revolve around your life and it's another thing i realized it's very scary when you think about it and i'm not sure if everyone else has had this this thought before you know a lot of us kind of get frightened or we're very very much on edge because we only have one source of income and i think the other day i saw something where the a person was posting and saying you know you should have seven sources of income it's not to say like you're meant to be making a million dollars from each one or a hundred thousand dollars from each one but if you have multiple sources of income in life you don't have to worry if you lose that one other source you know because you know you have six other sources but most of us live very we're very much on our tiptoes and we're very tense in our lives because we're like oh if i lose that job you know because that's my only source of income i'm i'm essentially screwed not to say that that's necessarily the case you would hope people would have savings mm-hmm. and i was like wow how how interesting you know actually that's such a good point and a, a lot of people again pay, pay lip service yeah you know diversify your income you know create a portfolio of like different income sources but how much how many of us actually do do that um, and we will always continue to live a bit you know on edge because at any moment you know god forbid you could lose that job or something could happen to that company that you work for so i can understand why a lot of people you know have their life kind of centered around their job but it's so obvious that it's unhealthy because there's a lot of people that skip skip the gym you know they skip eating healthy or skip their lunch breaks or eat at eat at their desks because again they're just prioritizing this this job which let's be realistic and honest you drop dead today you know, they will just put someone else in your position tomorrow. You know, you're not, not, none of us are special. I'm not special. You know, I'm not great. There isn't anything that I do that no one else can do at where I work. They, I'm sure they can hire someone just as competent, competent, if not more competent, you know. So I don't go living now. I don't really have that thought anymore where I'm like, I, they need me. They don't, they, don't, they don't really need me. And if you were to drop dead today... You know, people might remember you for a day or two and then they forget and they continue the rest of their lives. You know, you're just one of that, you're just a name they read in the newspaper or on a Facebook status update, which is scary. That's why it's so important to really, really focus on yourself. Yeah, completely agree. You're just reminding me of the time when I was working at, I mean, I don't even really care, EY. And I remember like the director, what she said to me, I also remember being very sick at that time. I was in my bed and I was, I think she called me at 6 a.m. or texted me. And I said to her, you know, I'm just sick at the moment, but I'm, I'm going to get like, I'll, I'll have this like, you know, ready for her or whatever. I can't remember the context of it. But then I remember like what she, what her response was. And I was just like, wow, that really like made me understand, you know, the environment that I was dealing with and the people and their mentality. And her comment was, she said, Eli, don't think you're as important as you think you are. You know, um, she said, don't think you are as important as you think you are. You could just as easily be, be replaced like everyone else or something along those lines. And it was just so like off the cuff, you know, it was an unnecessary statement and it was out of context sorry guys i think we had a technical issue but you know what um we've hit an hour and 10 minutes so let's just wrap it up you know i think we had a really good conversation today um you know we talked about a lot of interesting topics and and experiences 
and maybe in future podcasts we'll flesh this out a bit more because I don't think like you can really lay everything out in in an hour but you know it was it was great talking to you and you know we're so happy to get to episode three and we continue to grow and develop and we we hope that you join us on this journey and you know we're looking forward to more feedback and you know what what any last words eli yeah all i want to say is like apologies though guys because i was feeling a bit flat today and sick so you know my brain wasn't really operating at 100 percent. but i think also for us the lesson is it's I, I prefer to record these conversations earlier in the day. Like I realize at night, well, I feel a bit more edgy, but I also feel like um, too relaxed to the point where it's just like, I'm not really focused. Yeah. So I think what hopefully we'll do next week is we'll try to apply the same format and record our conversations in the first half of the day when we're energized, when the sun's out, it just has a different has just a very different feel to it yeah we're definitely day and morning people i would say nighttime doesn't really work for us yeah so anyways on that note guys thank you and we'll see you in ep oh hopefully we'll listen to us in ep see exactly guys see i'm I'm just so out of it but yeah we'll see you in episode four